Binge the full week of The Ray Taylor Show ad-free over at InspiredDisorder.com slash plus. This is The Ray Taylor Welcome to the Poker Face Recap Podcast, where every week I dive into the world of the Peacock hit series, Poker Face. I'm your host, Ray Taylor, and I'm excited to break down each episode of this character-driven murder mystery series. No bullshit. So sit back, relax, crack open a tall can of your favorite beer, and let's get started on the wild ride with Charlie Kale as she solves murders across the the United States. In this episode, I'm talking about episode three, season one, episode three, The Stall. Uh, this episode came out along with all the other earlier episodes, January 26, 2023. Uh, this one was directed by Ian B. McDonald. So the first episode so far, not directed by Ryan Johnson. This episode was written by Wyatt, uh, Ryan Johnson as well as Wyatt Kane who is the, actually, Wyatt Kane is the executive story editor, and Charlie Peppers is the main story editor. This episode guest stars Lil Rel Howry, uh, Daniel McDonald, or Danielle McDonald, uh, Shane, Paul, McGee, and Larry Brown. In this episode, we have a four-legged fascist hitchhiker joins Charlie on her trip. Uh, as any good detective, Charlie finds clues right under her nose as she sniffs out the bullshit in this episode. And she uncovers the truth behind a suicide at a family-run Texas barbecue. This episode starts with one of our main characters, the victim, I should say, in this episode, George, uh, watching the sunrise, crying, going down, opens up his smoker where he's got this juicy meat smoking and he gets down on his knees and cries and you hear a voice over his shoulder sounds like charlie later we find out it's charlie uh she says his name and he looks and tells her that he's a murderer obviously kind of throwing you off thinking that maybe he is the one who commits the murder in this episode uh Cut two, we see his brother, Taffy Boyle, on the phone talking about some loans that he has, that he's dealing with, clearly in some money problems. Uh, and then followed up, he gets a call from the bank. Uh, he's got this whole idea. They run a barbecue place in Texas. He has this dental floss promotion that he does, the cinnamon dental floss that he goes and tells everybody that's eating, don't forget to take your, we put the meat in your teeth and you take it out, uh, which is kind of a good marketing gimmick in some way, but has uh, some critics as well. Um, and uh, we also see that uh, his sister-in-law is also, George's wife is also part of this barbecue joint. Uh, and George is upset over the thought of animals that give their lives. That's what we find out he's crying about. Uh, he wants to get out of the business, right? He had a change of heart, wants to go vegan, right? Despite him being a renowned pit master, right? The guy who makes the amazing food of this restaurant. He all of a sudden has this awakening where he no longer wants to participate in the slaughtering of these animals. Uh, despite clearly having a lot of respect for the animal, uh, animals, which we find out later. 
but he wants to go vegan. So we kind of find out what he's crying about, right? He's he had this awakening, opens the the smoker outside of his trailer and sees the the dead flesh on it, and he's just like, I can't believe I'm doing this, right? Of course, his brother Taffy doesn't want this to happen, right? The guy who is the key to making the food good taffy may have some fun promotional ideas but uh at the at the heart of it it's it's the meat and how it's prepared uh and all of that so he's not very happy taffy's just uh desperate he's a desperate man and the fact that he's got these mounting bills clearly so it's not the 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 best time for his brother to jump ship and leave this business right and taffy uh confides confides in his sister-in-law mandy married to george right cut to taffy in his truck seemingly we get the shot of him from behind seemingly it sounds like he's loading a gun right somebody that desperate not happy with his brother brother we know there's a murder sounds like he's loading a gun cut to we see that he was actually putting batteries in a well-known piece of equipment if you are a podcaster or have been a podcaster uh he's loading batteries into a zoom h4n pro right uh to record some audio uh and we see him talking into the recorder uh talking about his brother george and his talents with meat right we don't really know what that's for yet uh and then he goes to share a beer with George after he records his thing, walks over to George's trailer. He's got two beers, gives him one, reminiscing about the axe that's sitting over by the wood pile uh, that they used to have wood splitting competitions when they were kids. Uh, and George tells Taffy how, right, it's really just him and Mandy who built this business, right? It's not really him. Right. You've got the radio show that's doing well, the promotional floss like you guys are the the real engine behind this this thing that's going on, trying to make him feel better about leaving the business. And as Taffy walks away, right, they share their beer, whatever, not share beer, but they also they both have their own beer. Uh, But as Taffy walks away back towards the restaurant, back towards the barbecue place. He, he yells at the, the patrons to give give a shout-out to to uh, George, right? Let's give it up for George as he's walking back. Really putting a show, really, you know, you, you see that Taffy is doing a lot of these things for a reason. He has ulterior motives, right? Cut to later that night, right? Taffy has this radio show. He's almost late for his radio show. Uh, and Mandy, who's working the restaurant, calls into the radio show. They got the radio show playing on the loudspeaker, the PA system at the uh, place. Radio station is right across the street from this barbecue pit, right? So he just still drives across the street, uh, but gets there. Meanwhile, you see Taffy gets into the, the radio booth, right? The other guy comes out, gives him some some barbecue like here eat this while i'm doing my thing close the door flips the light on the on-air light whatever goes in you see him while he's on the phone with mandy she calls in uh talking about the sausage queuing him up uh you see taffy plug in a little little thumb drive usb thumb drive you see him 
going to open up a file, an audio file, and we find out that that's the, the recording that he made while in his truck talking about how his brother George makes the sausage. The story perfectly teed up by Mandy, who's in the restaurant, right? Let's talk about this sausage. And then he's like, well, let me tell you about my... So he turns on this recording, right? He uh, turns the... There's like a switch that makes it go from... That turns the microphone off to make sure it's not hot. Because as this recording that he did is playing... You see Taffy sneak out the window. You see him run over, cross the street to George's trailer. You see him putting on little rubber gloves. Little nefarious stuff going on right now, right? He goes inside George's trailer. George is passed out, right? Clearly, whatever was in that beer took effect. He is passed out on the floor. Uh, Taffy wash, grabs the bottle, the beer bottle, washes it out, right? Whatever was in there, doesn't want any evidence, no traces left. Uh, and as he leaves, kind of a brilliant move, he uses the dental floss as a way to latch on to the lock of the trailer and then be able to close the trailer, pull the lock closed, and then let the floss slide back out. So it looks like George locked himself in the trailer. And before he did that, he opened up or closed the windows except for one window right and then he goes to gets a hose right puts the hose one end of the hose in the trailer goes over to his car a car george's car i would imagine uh that's parked right next to the trailer to hook up obviously to the tailpipe and wah 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 finds out that it's an electric car this is one aspect of this episode that i call bullshit in a show that calls bullshit i call bullshit you're telling me that a family-run barbecue place in Texas, they don't know that their brother purchased an electric vehicle in Texas barbecue bullshit. Not only would they know that the, he bought an electric vehicle, but it probably would have been the subject of much shit-talking if that had happened in real life in Texas at a barbecue. You're telling me his brother, his sister, every single person that eats at that barbecue would just not even notice that somebody, this guy, bought an electric vehicle, right? Don't buy that whatsoever. But makes for a funny moment where he goes and he's like, shit. He looks up and he sees that it's a, a Nissan Leaf, which probably maybe some product placement, maybe Nissan paid to have their car there. But I, I don't buy that he didn't realize that his, his brother drove an electric car. Either way, can't hook up uh, a hose to the exhaust because there is no exhaust. So instead, he hooks it up to the smoker, which is kind of like... I don't really understand. I mean, I understand even modern cars, I don't think, put out enough exhaust that could actually kill a person. Even though it's like something, I think older cars you could do that. But I don't think that can still work because cars are so much more efficient. They don't put out as much exhaust. Not to, don't, nobody test this theory out. But I believe, I believe the idea that you can commit suicide by hooking a hose up 
to the exhaust of a modern car, it produces enough carbon monoxide to to kill you. And even furthermore, hooking it up to a smoker, I don't know how that could kill him. Obviously, the smoke wouldn't be good. For sure, damage his lungs. Uh, maybe, I guess, I guess maybe it could it could kill him. I guess. I don't know. But I'm going along with this movie, this show because obviously that is how George is getting got uh, because his brother Taffy, dirtbag brother Taffy, uh, played by Lil Rel Howry, hooks up the hose to the smoker, right? Uh, let's see. So... While he's doing that, there's this little dog comes from out nowhere, right? Comes up barking at him, sh- kind of, you know, giving up his spot, kind of potentially letting people who are at the restaurant that's within shouting distance uh, could be, sh- you know, giving away a spot. So in a way, in an effort to silence the dog, uh, Taffy bludgeons the dog with a log um, and then throws the log into the fire for the smoker to hide that evidence right so clubs the dog he moves the body of the dog to the road so it looks like the dog was hit by a car and then you have mandy clearly in on it right because she's got a timer counting down on her watch uh which is we see also a timer on taffy's watch right to indicate when the recording is going to be up, right? This is all in an effort to give him an alibi for why this is happening. So Taffy gets back to the radio station, forgets to flip the mic back on, so when he tries to go live, you know, oh, I'm back. Wow, that was a lot of fun. Let's take another call, whatever. He forgets to do it. So there's a moment of dead air which I don't think that ever happens, but it is does signify the the lack the the missing the lack of evidence the lack of something is definitely part of how this mystery is uncovered uh, when things that should be there are missing and in one way him missing to hit record to put the mic back on live. Uh, is is one of the many things that is missing that indicates that things aren't as they seem. So Taffy takes the USB drive. He has a bandana that he wipes the mud off of his his boots, his cowboy boots, right? And tosses both of those things into one of the fires of the smoker at the restaurant when he returns to the restaurant, right? After his broadcast is over. Cut to our hero, Charlie, the next day. As all of these episodes are structured, we get in the first act of this of the episode, we get the crime. We see how the crime is committed. And then the second act, we get to see how Charlie figures in. Where was she while all this was going on? Because she is always in the background. We just never see her. In this episode, we did get to hear her at the very beginning of the episode, but we don't know how she fits into this whole thing. So we see Charlie. She's at a gas station getting some supplies, some food, whatever, snacks, gas probably as well. And we see our four-legged fascist jump into her car, the dog, 
jumps into her car, refusing to get out of the car, annoying, won't stop barking, attacks her when she goes to go pick it up. Uh, so it is a violent and annoying and loud dog. Very much all of the traits of a fascist. Uh, just loud and annoying and violent if provoked. Which is kind of hilarious. Let's take a quick break right now to talk about are you a fan of original artwork and live events? Look no further than the Many Faces series by Ray Taylor and the weekly live stream over at youtube.com slash inspired disorder this ongoing series explores the endless possibilities of the human face through abstract ink paintings on paper capturing unique expressions of emotion mood tone and energy in just a few minimal features join me every thursday at 4 20 pacific time as i paint live follow the many faces series and discover the endless possibilities of the human face don't miss out on this opportunity to be part of the action and own a piece of original artwork by me ray taylor head to youtube.com slash inspired disorder every thursday to catch the live stream and visit inspireddisorder.com to browse and purchase the many faces artwork and now let's get back to the show uh, so she tries to use the squeegee, doesn't help, right? She tries to leave pork rinds on the thing to lure the dog out, doesn't help. And it's just this annoying little terrier. Won't start barking, bites her. Uh, and uh, it not only does it bark, it also, she decides to just like, okay, I'm just leaving. You know, it didn't belong to the gas station. They're like, no, we just sell gas. We don't have dogs. What are you talking about? So she leaves. The dog is there. Won't start barking farts right disgusting this dog is disgusting in every way as fascists are um so she ends up putting on music to just try and drown it out maybe it'll stop and she lands on this conservative talk radio station and that is the thing the one thing that makes this dog shut up that is how we know this is a fascist dog because this dog loves this radio station right and she calls it the maga dog right which is perfect and you even have charlie kind of a cathartic moment where she's yelling uh at this fascist dog which i appreciate as well so anyway she pulls up she's tired of this dog shit she pulls over lets the dog out right get out of here dog and it just so happens she pulled off the side of the road in front of the barbecue the dog goes up on a table starts eating people's food causing all kinds of chaos and of course charlie they see taffy sees that the dog got out of charlie's car so taffy's like you owe us some money you can't just let your dog go up and eat all this food off people's tables and george being the sweetheart he is he's like listen you work for us for a night it'll clear you if you want some extra cash you can work here for a while right and of course charlie obviously not having money to pay off what the dog just ate but also probably in need of some under the table cash decides that she will you know take up george's offer even though taffy isn't too keen on the idea of it but either way she does it and uh george takes her on a tour gives her the rundown of what the barbecue is like this is texas barbecue so it's all cow that's what we cook here and he's talking about the different types of wood that he uses and how long it takes and all that kind of stuff right just showing her the, the smells and the taste of the wood 
uh, and uh, talking about the, the part of the process in cooking brisket called the stall, which is obviously the name of this episode and something that plays into the finale of this episode, the conclusion of this episode. But the stall and brisket is where the alchemy takes place, he says. It's that moment where it gets up to temperature, where it just kind of sits, and all the things kind of mix within it, make it taste really amazing, right? And then she asks him about the floss, right? And uh, calls George's bullshit when he says he likes the floss. Like, clearly he's not a fan of the floss because he puts all this time and effort into making this delicious meat right it's it's his art form to make the the perfect meat and the process and the wood he's just like so into every small detail and he hates the fact that everybody that eats their leaves with this artificially flavored cinnamon dental floss right he, he refers to it as using an air horn at a symphony right He's got this high-end flavor experience with his barbecue, and everybody leaves the barbecue putting in this artificially flavored bullshit, uh, bullshit dental floss, right? Which is a good promotional idea, but definitely agree with George as far as it being a air horn at a symphony. So, George right has a lot of respect for the animals right talks about how he likes to use every piece of the animal shows what he's smoking at his personal smoker by his trailer which made my stomach growl literally just made my stomach growl right now he opens it up and he's got like five beef tongues which it's been forever since i've had beef tongue it is absolutely delicious and to see him smoking that after you know this is him showing that he uses every part of the the cow when he he makes the different the different types of food looks so delicious and then tells her that he uses this special pecan wood to smoke the the smoke the beef tongue right and also tells her that his wife lives in town at the house in town he likes to stay at the trailer which is very kind of a weird living situation when you're married I mean, it's one thing to be married and sleeping in separate beds or sleeping in separate rooms, which I'm sure happens, seems like probably a good idea on some level, you know, having a little bit of your own space at times, especially I'm sure if you're married for a long time, but to live in a completely different place, right, work together, which I guess maybe that works because they see each other every day at work, but regardless, uh, he likes it. He likes having the peace. Uh, Charlie's like, well, you must get bored out here alone. And uh, so she's like, here, I got some DVDs you can check out. So she takes them over to her trunk, going through different DVDs. She pulls out one movie. She's like, ah, oh, Oakja. I started watching this. Seems pretty good. Uh, and giving it, gave it to him. That ends up being the movie that he watches, which is a good movie. Uh, Bong Joon-ho movie, the, the director of Parasite, also of many, the host and, and many other movies. Great director. Uh, Okja, sweet movie. Probably not my favorite. I did a top five of Bong Joon-ho's films, uh, you know, months and months ago. And I don't know if that made my top five list of his, but definitely a good movie. And a movie that would make sense that if George watched the movie, 
that he would maybe have a change of heart and maybe not want to cook meat anymore because it is it's like this fictional history where this company is genetically engineering these animals uh, to be the new kind of cattle that will be feeding people right so they are animals specifically created and genetically engineered in order to produce meat for people and in this movie you see the girl who's one of the people that's helping to raise this animal has a bond with it you see these animal rights activists trying to save it it is definitely a movie about animal rights and you know kind of the the f shows you how you know because we are so detached from the meat we eat and we don't even consider them to be living things we there's the connection we didn't even call them by the type of animal they are we don't say we're eating cow we say that we're eating beef right so anyway watching that movie is the the thing that made george change his mind right and i'm sure probably i would imagine i would imagine if i had to guess if i had to put money on a guess as an assumption that this episode is probably the episode where if there were right-wing people watching this show, not only with the fascist dog and Charlie talking shit to this fascist dog who loves all of the things that right-wing people would love, but also the fact that George would all of a sudden become a vegan, right? This is a very progressive, woke episode, and I would imagine would have been the episode that people who politically on that spectrum land in the right wing category this episode probably made them want to run to their safe space <laughs> oh you have this guy you probably they were talking shit out loud about george having an electric car they were probably hurt their feelings were hurt where charlie was talking shit to the fascist dog right and uh even more uh hurt their feelings to find out that somebody who made barbecue uh decide to become a vegan right it's just all of the things to make the fascist snowflakes melt and want to run to their safe spaces right so anyway kind of an interesting thing because i did see people criticize this show about how you know they watched a few episodes and then couldn't watch it anymore so i would wouldn't be surprised that this was the episode that made a lot of people of that persuasion these fragile people are of that persuasion to uh, turn it off. But anyway, cut to what we saw in the beginning of the episode with George crying, right? The next morning, seeing him open, how it opens, seeing that it was Charlie's voice that asks him. And he says that he's a murderer, clearly not a murderer of people, somebody who considers himself a murderer of animals. Uh, and he took those things from that movie to heart. And uh, George tells Charlie about telling Taffy that he's done with, with the business, right? And he asks her what life is like on the road, you know, that romantic idea of being on the road where for Charlie, it's, uh, it's the only survival option she has. <laughs> she can't settle down because she is constantly on the run from Cliff and from uh the the casino owner from the first episode so 
obviously she doesn't mention that but you know she tries to give him uh talk it up in some ways a life of fresh starts as each episode of the show is a new a new story in in charlie's in charlie's journey across the country and uh george is about to tell charlie about the quote-unquote one thing he knows about this new life right because he's not scared necessarily and she asks him and he's like oh there's one thing i know but then he doesn't answer this answer because uh charlie's being called to go to work because she obviously has to pay off her debts uh so george is like i'll tell you later right i'll tell you after work cut to later that night uh charlie's struggling to keep up as the restaurant's busy taffy comes back from the broadcast as we saw earlier he burns the evidence um charlie notices mandy asking another employee to ask george where a specific spice is right notices a little lie there probably uh and that's employee when he goes to george's trailer discovers his body smoke billowing out of the the trailer door as he opens it up right full of that pecan wood uh then the next day taffy and mandy announced that they're going to keep the barbecue going because that's what that's what george would have wanted and of course charlie not only because she has her special ability of calling bullshit but also having just talked to george about him leaving and why he's leaving uh and obviously taffy would know why he's leaving as well would also know that it's bullshit that george is leaving because he doesn't believe in the restaurant anymore and i'm sure would not want it to keep going but because we clearly know what taffy's desires are uh and mandy's desires are as she was clearly helping on some level with taffy getting this thing done charlie calls bullshit and uh right as the audience we know because he saw okja okja changed his mind uh which is kind of kind of a crazy reference like okja is a netflix original film this is a peacock original show so okja not like a movie i don't think it ever gotten like it's a movie that people not only would only know if they have netflix but would only know if they watched like it's kind of obscure it's kind of an obscure reference I, I appreciate it though because i'm a huge fan of bong joon ho uh so charlie tells the employee who found george that she's probably going to leave right the one person that she kind of had a connection with whatever uh you know he's no longer there so it's like i gotta hit the road you know i can't i can't be hanging out for too long um although she doesn't quite buy that george would kill himself right the employee tells her that the sheriff confirmed it the door was even locked from the inside the windows were all closed right all so all signs point to him doing it but charlie doesn't buy it specifically because he told her i'll tell you that one thing later and when he said that he wasn't lying right when he said that in that moment at least he wasn't planning on killing himself which obviously he could have changed his mind but that is the one thing that's making charlie go well that doesn't add up 
that's one it starts with one small thing that doesn't add up doesn't add up and uh that leads her to uncovering the why not the, that it is but the why Un- noticing that mandy lied about this spice that's a weird thing to lie why would she do that so as charlie leaves she sees the dog on the side of the road right goes to look at the dog seems dead she goes to touch it dog bites her clearly not dead dog still fascist still an asshole but charlie has a heart takes it to the vet um to get fixed up and she finds out the dog wasn't hit by a car even though it was on the side of the road that it was beaten with wood and charlie after having taste tested and smelled all the different kinds of woods that were around there decides to eat the wood and hilarious when the vet looks over and says what the fuck is she doing (laughs) right it's an absolutely hilarious scene because it is she grabs this wood that is that was in the dog and she goes to taste it and of course that is enough to get charlie on the case she's like i got this is these are too many things that aren't adding up right just she can't help herself it nags at her. She's got to figure it out. She has to know the why. Why are these people lying about this stupid stuff? Who beat this dog? I mean, obviously, I'm sure Charlie can think of a lot of reasons why somebody would want to silence the dog. I'm sure on some level she's, you know, wasn't awfully torn up about this dog being almost dead. But still, she has a heart. So she goes back, she starts tasting all the different woods that are around the restaurant, trying to find the match, right? Which we've, we know, that's a specific wood that's by his trailer that he was using for the beef tongue, right? So she finally gets to the wood that is by George's trailer, tastes it, <gasps> this is a match. She looks inside where the the you know wood was on fire for the smoker i don't know what they call that part of the smoker looks inside she finds the dog tooth that was ripped out when the dog was beaten so she finds the dog tooth she finds the wood she's like okay she's on a trail she's on a trail and then taffy runs into charlie and uh charlie's asking him some questions she wants to know what's going on she asks him when he last saw the fascist dog right because that's kind of the one thing she's trying to solve like what is like the the stuff with george is is weird but that's not her main focus right now she's like what why would somebody beat this dog with a piece of wood and then put it by the street so she's asking taffy about the dog when he last saw the dog because that's what she, that's the murder the attempted murder she's trying to to solve right and she's hung up also on George saying that he would tell her something and then when he said that it was the truth but of course Taffy doesn't know what that means he doesn't know she has this ability to tell the truth yet but she knows that he in that moment wasn't planning on killing himself right and she calls bullshit when Taffy says that he would give up everything to have his brother back right and I think that's the first inkling that the Taffy knows that, okay, she's clearly read him, knows that he was bullshit. She's like, oh, okay. Because some people are good at calling bullshit, that's for sure. But she has she has the kind of the high level of accuracy. 
and then he tells her that she needs to get the fuck out of town as people do in texas that they don't like it's high time you get out of here we don't like your kind why don't you get out of here she asks if the gun that's mounted on the the wall is is a real gun is, is if it's just decorative he's like no it's it's not really decorative right clearly saying listen this works i don't like you why don't you skedaddle Let's take a quick break from this episode to talk about attention, attention all, all Ray, Ray Taylor, Taylor Show, Show fans. fans. We're excited to announce we've just released a line of exclusive merchandise featuring original artwork inspired by the show. Our high quality shirts and biodegradable phone cases are a perfect way to show your support for the show and make a great gift for any fan. Plus, with each purchase, you'll be helping us continue to bring you great content. So don't wait. Head on over to InspireDisorder.com now and check out the full collection. Thanks for listening, and we hope you'll show your support by grabbing some Ray Taylor Show merchandise today. And now, let's get back to the show. So, the dog, as she's preparing to leave... The dog doesn't want her to leave. The dog ends up convincing her to leave as the dog has this, like, bandage over his head. So Charlie decides to go over to George's trailer. She sees a map open on his table inside of California, right? Maybe a destination that he was thinking of heading to. And as she's in there, she's got it's at night. She's got a lantern. Taffy sees that there's light on at, at George's trailer. And uh, Charlie smells the beer bottle, right? Uh, she smells the lock. And when she smells the lock, she can hear air horns go off. And she remembers that thing that George said, that it's, the cinnamon dental floss is like air horns at a symphony. And she's smelling that, that cinnamon smell on the door lock. And uh, in that moment, she gets out of there just in time as Taffy shows up to the trailer with his gun. Uh, but after she crawls out from under the trailer, she's met with Mandy, shines a flashlight in her face. And uh, so Charlie tells her everything, including what her special ability is. Mandy throws out some stuff to test her accuracy at calling bullshit, right? And then uh, tells her that Taffy has a solid alibi, just kind of offers up a defense for Taffy. Uh, which is kind of an interesting thing, right? He's got a solid... He was on the radio. Couldn't have been Taffy. As if Charlie had specifically thought it was Taffy. So it's kind of a bad move, right? One, implying that Taffy is was a suspect. And kind of also giving Charlie another location to go sniff around. To go see what's what clues she can dig up at the radio station. So, of course, that is where Charlie goes. She goes to the radio station, um, and she finds out that the right-wing radio host that her dog absolutely loves is just a black dude who does a character uh, because he knows that it's popular uh, and he wants to be entertaining. And she finds out that he actually does all of the different personalities that populate this radio station does all these kinds of different voices in addition to the right-wing conspiracy theorist guy, the fascist radio host, uh, which is kind of a fun situation. Um, and it's kind of sad how many entertainers, specifically comedians I've noticed, especially in the past few years, 
it really sold out to conservative audiences, right? They realized that there's a lot of money there and they just need to lean into really basic stuff like racism in order to make them laugh. I mean, you, you see even the jokes that the right-wing politicians do, which are sad. The my pronouns or kiss my ass is like a popular joke for them and their audiences eat it up. Uh, and it's, it's just kind of sad, specifically with comedians that I've noticed. I used to be a, a big fan of comedy and followed a lot of comedians, subscribed to a lot of their podcasts. And over the pandemic, it is absolutely surprising how so many of them have just kind of followed the Joe Rogan path of leaning into being a conservative, uh, which I'm sure is great for their ticket sales in certain parts of the country uh, and makes it writing so much easier you don't have to it's a lot easier to make fascists laugh at things uh just look at dave chappelle i'm sure dave chappelle is is very happy with his success uh punching down at marginalized groups uh so anyway she asked the radio host if taffy could have left while he was recording he's like no sitting out front he gave me some food he was in here the whole time, as far as I know, right? Meanwhile, Mandy confronts Taffy about beating the dog. Like, why would you do that, right? Because now Charlie is hot on their tail. And, of course, now Taffy also knows that she has this ability. Uh, Charlie figures out that Taffy could have pre-recorded the sausage bit and snuck out, right? As she's telling Mandy, she doesn't think Mandy's involved, right? And then cut to Charlie testing right mandy's like hey could he even have that like that's 16 minutes is that even enough time and then cut to charlie testing out like as she's running from the radio station to the thing pretending to beat the dog and do all the different things she's like yeah i could have could have could have done it right um and then she questions mandy about knowing uh what to call in about because she who was like perfectly queued up to talk to play this pre-recorded bit about the sausage and you know manny's like yeah we do these things we know we're gonna do push products that we want to sell so yeah we knew what he was i was gonna call in about and just go talk to somebody that's eating it right so charlie still doesn't have enough evidence to call the cops to get the cops involved really right uh then charlie remembers when Mandy asked about the seasoning, the missing spice, uh, paprika or something like that, right? And had the that employee go discover George's body, right? And that she knew it was a lie, but she didn't understand why. She knew sh where the spice was. She didn't think it was missing. And Mandy says she wanted him to find the spice, right? Which means she wanted him to discover the body. And again, Charlie gets another warning, this time from Mandy, that she should probably leave for her own safety. She should probably get out of here, right? <clears throat> then you hear the hourly train go by, which earlier in the episode when she's going in on the radio, he mentions how this train comes by every hour. You can hear the train whistle on the hour every hour. It's like clockwork. And as she's leaving, she hears this train, right? So the next morning, 
Charlie decides to confront Taffy and lay it all out, right? She's figured it out. She's put all the pieces together. And she mentions that she sniffed the beer bottle and she didn't smell anything. Not that she could have smelled anything. She wouldn't know what to smell. What would the poison smell like? And why would he even use poison? He'd probably just use something like Ambien. But how would she know what Ambien smells like anyway? But it's not about what she smelled. It's about what she didn't smell. And what she didn't smell was beer. So she knew that the bottle had been washed out. Right? And then she talks about the radio show. Right? And she had listened to the radio show. She got a, a recording of the radio show from the, the other host. And she listened to it over and over again. And it's not what she heard on the recording. It's what she didn't hear in the recording. She didn't hear that train that goes by every hour. Right? So that's how she knew that it was pre-recorded. It's not the presence of something. It's the lack of something that's giving her these clues. Right? It's not about what's there. It's about what wasn't. The real proof, she says. Right? And then cut to, we see the phone ring. Mandy answers the phone. And on the phone, it sounds like Taffy. We find out that it's the radio personality pretending to be Taffy. Basically getting her to confess. Right? Well, you shouldn't have killed the dog. You should have just stuck to our plan. We would have been fine. Right? And all this this evidence is being collected while Charlie is proceeding with the quote-unquote stall with Taffy. This is where all the alchemy happens in the stall that Charlie is doing, stalling Taffy so she can collect this evidence. And as he's like, I'm tired of this, just get to the point, tell me what you know. And just at that point, cops show up. Mandy gets out of the cop car. There he is, officer. There he is. So Mandy's no problem just throwing Taffy under the bus. Right? Just Charlie stalling Taffy long enough for the cops to show up. Because clearly, right, after that phone call, Mandy's like, oh, shit, I got to do something. She knows the cops. She's like, she calls the cop preemptively. Listen, I think my husband or my 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 brother-in-law is the one who killed George, right? He just confessed to me or whatever, right? Throwing him under the bus, she shows up with the cops to arrest Taffy, right? Her trying to avoid any kind of responsibility for it, right? And then as you see the cops and Mandy driving Taffy to go book him in jail, right? They got the radio on. The right-wing personalities on there talking about conspiracies, talking about how conspiracy has come home. We've got a conspiracy of our own, right? And then he plays the confession that he already recorded, that Mandy didn't know was being recorded. And as Mandy's sitting next to the cop, they're both listening to her confess to conspiring with Taffy to kill George. And she says shit. Right. It's perfect, perfect end, perfect end, a great kind of solving of the the clues. It's not about what was there. It's about what was missing. Right. And just after that, Charlie back on the road, no dog with her. That four legged fascist stayed with her favorite person, 
the guy who is the right-wing radio personality, at least for a certain amount of time on the radio. So the dog found the perfect owner. Charlie is no longer having to deal and having to listen to the right-wing propaganda that gets spewed on the radio. Uh, so everybody is happy, right? And it's great. Just a smell can linger, proving the existence of bullshit even after it's been removed, right? Uh, Charlie sniffed out the truth, not by what she found, but what was missing. Right? She uncovered the truth behind George's death. She found a hate-filled dog, the perfect home with someone who needed the company, desperately needed the company. And she got to make some money while working at this barbecue. So all in all, win-win for her. And she's back on the road again, assumably heading east still. Right, She started in, in Nevada, then New Mexico, now going through Texas. However, she did find George's map of California. Maybe that planted an idea in her head, like, maybe I should go to California. It's what George would have wanted, you know, which wouldn't be a good thing. So we don't necessarily know. I guess we'll find out in the next episode to see where she is, to see if she's continuing east or decided to backtrack back to California. If she does decide to go back to California, obviously wouldn't be good because that is where Sarah from the last episode sent Cliff uh, to get him off her trail for a bit, to sent, sent him to California, sent him to L.A. specifically. Um, so we'll see if that finding that California map changes the destination, the direction in which Charlie is going to be heading. Uh, but assuming she's staying on course she's heading east and uh the episode and all made me very hungry for beef tongue so great episode made me hungry fun episode solved it in a fun way next episode next week i'm gonna be talking about season one episode four rest in metal where charlie goes on tour with a has-been metal band doxology three x's in doxology uh, it's a motley crew of de dejected rockers who spent decades trying to write a new hit. They are a one-hit wonder. And Charlie suspects foul play when one musician winds up dead. So that is a wrap on this week's episode of the Poker Face Recap Podcast. Tune in next Tuesday for another recap of a latest of the latest episode and join the conversation by leaving a comment or rating on your favorite podcast platform or over on youtube.com slash inspired disorder if you're watching these episodes until then keep your poker face on and see you next week no bullshit new episodes of the ray taylor show come out every single day subscribe on youtube and everywhere our podcasts are found binge the full week over at inspireddisorder.com slash plus Buy Ray Taylor Show merch over at InspiredDisorder.com. Have a wonderful day, everybody. Peace. Ouch! Today is the day where you wake up and you realize that everything that you've been dreaming about, everything that you've been wanting, every goal and wish and hope that you've ever had can become real. Dreams can come true. What you manifest in your mind, you can bring to reality.